Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Grammar Girl here. Last week, my husband excitedly told me that he had a great idea for an app. I must have been tired because I thought he said he had a great idea for a nap, as in sleeping during the daytime. We both ended up laughing, but it also reminded me of a story about how certain words came to be as they are in English. So I thought I'd share that story with you today. The most commonly told story of language change because of misunderstandings like an app is the story of the word apron. You see, originally it was called a napron, N-A-P-R-O-N. If you go all the way back to Latin, you can trace the roots of the word apron to the word mappa, M-A-P-P-A, which meant both tablecloth and map, because if you spread a large map out on a table, it's a lot like a tablecloth. The French of the Middle Ages took up the word, replaced the M with an N, and called it a naperon, N-A-P-E-R-O-N. From there, Middle English dropped the E and used napron. But sometime in the 1400s or 1500s, when people said a napron, enough people were mishearing the break between A and napron that the common phrase became an apron and napron fell out of favor and eventually disappeared. This wackiness of mishearings creating new words has a few different names. It's called misdivision, meta-analysis, and rebracketing. English got the word adder the same way. In Old English, the water snake was called a word that was pronounced something like natter. And in many of the old languages, such as Old Irish, Old High German, Gothic, Old Norse, Old Saxon, and Latin, the word started with the letter N. But again, sometime in the 14th century, the English moved the break between the words, and instead of a natter, we now talk about an adder. A similar but for some reason less commonly told story applies to the word notch. We get it from a rebracketing of an och. The old French word for notch was oche, I don't know how I'm pronouncing that right, it's O-C-H-E, and from that the English got och, O-T-C-H, an och. And sometime in the late 1500s, English mishearings made it a notch. Another less commonly heard example is umpire. It came to English from an old French word non-pair, which means not peer or peerless essentially an arbiter of higher status than the participants. Later, it was a non-pair, which was commonly mistaken to be an ompère, which later led to umpire. 
First, people used it in a legal sense, and it picked up its sports meaning later. And now let's move on to some slightly more complicated stories. You may have heard that the word orange comes from norange, but it's not quite true. Oranges originally grew in Southeast Asia and were imported to England sometime in the 14th century. The Hindi name for the fruit was naranji. Oranges didn't come to England directly from Southeast Asia, though. They probably arrived first in places such as Italy, where the name became Narencia, and Spain, where the name became Naranja, which is what it's still called in Spanish today. It appears that it was in France that the poor orange lost its N, because, of course, rebracketing isn't a phenomenon that only occurs in English. It happens in other languages, too. In Old French, the fruit was called pomme d'orange, and it was from here that it entered English and became simply an orange. Mishearings and rebracketings don't happen in just one direction, either. In all the examples I've given you so far, words have lost their an. But there are also examples of words that have gained an an. Nickname, for example, was originally an eek name, which makes a lot more sense when you realize that in Old English, eek meant also or in addition. So your eek name, your nickname, was your additional name. We get the word newt in the same way. It was originally an oot. Actually, way back in Old English, it was effete, E-F-E-T-E. Again, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. And then in Middle English, it became oot, E-W-T. The interesting thing about this transformation is that it wasn't complete. There's a North American newt that's called the red eft, E-F-T, that in some sense preserves the original pronunciation, that original word that had an F in it. Although confusion about a or an usually seems to be the cause of rebracketing, it's not always the case. It's believed that we get the names Nan, Ned, and Nell from mistaking mine Anne, mine Ed, and mine Ellen for my Nan, my Ned, and my Nell. I'll end with one more story for the podcast, but I found so much interesting information that I'm going to put extra material on the website. So head over to the Grammar Girl section of quickanddirtytips.com to find out why the words twit and nugget may or may not have arisen through rebracketing, and to hear what rebracketing annoyed people in the 1800s but didn't stick in the language. So here's the final story. We get the word alligator not by moving the break between words, but by eliminating it altogether. You see, in 13th century Spanish, what we now call an alligator was el lagarto, the lizard. It became alligator when people ignored the break between the two words and blended it into one. El lagarto blends and slurs into alligator. And going back to my original story about wanting a nap instead of an app, one of my Twitter followers showed me that a bunch of online stores have baby clothes that say, there's a nap for that. So I'm certainly not the first person to think an app sounds a lot like a nap. I'm Mignon Fogarty, author of Grammar Girl's Quick and Dirty Tips for Better Writing. That's all. Thanks for listening. Cheers to a great day and this ice-cold Corona. You know what would make this day even better? My grandma's carne asada. Throw in some music. We can watch the game. Or we could keep it simple. Corona. La vida más fina. Get your Corona at ordercorona.com. Relax responsibly. Corona extra beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.